Um, did Andrew give you your percussion back? Oh my gosh, I have percussion. I don't even know what prompted it. Yeah, he just, he just like me, he just handed you your he percussion. Was like, Here. It's been like at least a year. <laughs> I forgot about this completely. I know. Yes. I don't even remember what it all signifies. I think the shaker was when you hated something I said. Yeah, I wondered because I'm putting on these little finger symbols and thinking, I don't remember using these very often. No. Was that when I liked something? Maybe it's just never been used. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you are. That's what that sounds like. Excellent. Anyway, I'll pick this up. What I love about a shaker is it's, it just feels good in the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Feels good in the hand. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Josephine. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Very well. It's uh, an honour and a pleasure to be in the same room with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And yourself. Well, thank you. That's Hi, jo- everyone. That's Josephine. Yes, that's Ruth. And this is my favourite musical. Yes. Uh, firstly, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today, the dark and young people. We pay respects to their elders past and present, and we value their centuries-old tradition of storytelling. Indeed. Always was, always will be. Aboriginal land. Yeah. Um, sorry it's been so long since we've had a proper episode, guys. No, you know what? We're not sorry. No. This is our podcast. <laughs> we do what we want. Um, it was uh, – well, first off, I was doing Sweeney Todd, <laughs> which was a bit cursed in the end. It was a bit cursed. Um, basically, oh. it was supposed to be a three-week season. Um, I was playing Mrs. Lovett, which was uh, a dream role. And the first weekend got cancelled because we had some technical issues. We did the second weekend. So we yes. did four shows. Luckily, Josephine came to one four of those four glorious shows. shows yes. Four glorious shows. And then the last weekend, I can't believe this is still happening, 10 out of our cast of 16 got COVID. Yes. It is Including wild. myself. Yeah. Um, Ruth had said to me very early on in the piece, can you please book a ticket for the, not the opening weekend? Yeah. And I said, no worries. I'll book for right in the middle. And lucky I fucking did. Yeah. Because that was the only weekend that went ahead. Yeah. It was so good, Ruth. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so weird to think about now. It feels like forever ago. It feels like, well, it was. You. But wow. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I knew, I know that you're very talented, obviously. And I've known that for most of my life but holy shit like you just that role you stole the show like you were you were funny you were warm like I've actually never seen Mrs. Lovett with such depth she's usually such a foil for Sweeney Mm. um, but you were just like you were like a whole person oh and I've never seen Mrs. Lovett like that thanks it was really it was really great like I like you know people who don't know me in person who are listening to this uh, might not know but like I don't I don't perform in stuff very often anymore like I no. hadn't been on stage in 5 years mostly I'm sort of the behind the scenes person producing or directing or whatever and I really like doing those things but it was nice to be back on stage yeah. I'm also like not really a singer like I I used to learn classical singing so that's kind of how I'm trained but that's not really the sort of roles that like I'm suited to. So then I sort of get cast in these roles that like when I do do shows, they're a bit more ballsy and using parts of my voice that aren't super trained. So then I have to. Yeah. And like, she's been very modest because she is a singer and she's fantastic. And like, there was not a moment, there was not a moment in that show. And it's a really demanding show for Mrs. Yeah. I had like so many fucking songs. Oh my, you were like, it is, I don't know why it's called Sweeney Todd. (laughs) He's on the he's on stage for like ten we, minutes. We had this joke. Um, we had this. It's not no. 
he's on stage a lot. Well, he's, he just he doesn't talks. speak a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's right. He's just like standing um, there. Like we, ha- we, we sort of realised this like as we got close to doing the show where um, uh, the guy Chris who was playing Sweeney and I sort of went to run some lines and realised that when we would run lines, he didn't have to do anything yeah. because whenever Sweeney and Mrs. Lover are on stage together, She's just talking all she did was talk at him the whole time. Like flitting around him, talking at yeah, him. Yeah, talking at him, like whole monologues. Yeah. And same with when – when we would sing, except for little, except for a little priest, which yeah. is a proper duet. But everything else everything is just else. him sitting there yep. while you sing at him. Exactly, singing yes. at him, talking at him. That's the whole show. It's quite watching you do that. I was like, Mrs. Lovett is an exhausting character. Yeah, because she's just always on the go. She's always talking, always singing, always moving around. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was so much to learn. If you want a little bit of a rest in a show, be yeah. a Sweeney Todd. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. It's a bit like Phantom in <laughs> yes, that way. Yes. Yes. It's like how Christine does everything. Yeah, and the Phantom's just there for 15 yeah, the minutes. Yeah, the Phantom's barely on stage. Ugh. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was kind of uh, – that was sort of overtaking uh, my life for a while. Yeah. We were doing Sweeney. And then, uh, and then, like I said, a bunch of us got COVID, mm. so they had to cancel the final week, including me. So then I had COVID for a while. Yeah. Um, and then I think – You were quite sick. Yeah, like you, yeah. Not only like, really for a week, yeah. but I was quite sick. Yeah. Um, and then I think you got – anyway, um, yeah. we, we were planning to – and then I went to New York. For those of you who listened to the bonus episode, you yeah. would have heard all about my trip to New York. Um, and now I'm back and now we're recording. <laughs> yeah. and then But it's going to be Christmas and then yeah, we'll have a little it's rest. it's true. It's true. This will keep you sustained. It's such a meaty, awesome musical that we're talking about this In week. In fact, this might even come out. After Christmas? Or like a ra- – yeah, it'll come out after Christmas. Maybe like around New Year's, I Well, reckon. Merry Christmas. This will be, a, it'll be this might be our happy 2023 episode. Wow. <laughs> Ugh. Hey, um, in news. Yes. And this is very old news now. We saw Godspell. Oh, that is old news. Yeah. Yes. Well, so I wanted to talk about that. So I, um, I love that there's professional musical theatre that's making its way to our hometown. That's great. Love that. Really, really love that. Um, but I hated this production <laughs> of Godspell. So it was on wow. at the Hayes, yeah. um, in Sydney. Yeah. A little one hundred. We've talked about the Hayes many times. Little yes. one hundred seat theatre in um great theatre in uh, uh Potts Point, and. Our local theatre that we love, we're, we're very involved there, yes. um, the Art House in Wyong, um, it has been bringing a lot of these professional productions to the Art House yeah. and it did a week at the end of the run of the Hayes run yeah. at, the, at the Art House. And I saw it at the Hayes and Josephine saw it at the Art House and Josephine did not have a good experience with it. No, no, I did not. And like... I don't know, uh, we've talked about maybe it didn't translate yeah. well to a theatre. It wasn't originally intended to, you know, it wasn't produced for the art house. The art house is a much bigger stage. Yeah. Um, so perhaps that was part of it or just maybe it wasn't a very good production. Mm. Um, I thought the cast was hit and miss. Mm, interesting. So if that was an issue, then I can only imagine that might have been an issue at the Hayes. But like a lot of the heart of the show was lost, okay. I thought. So I thought the magic of Godspell for me um, – is its sincerity and its earnestness. Like mm. it only works if it's quite earnest in points. Like it's funny and it's fun and yeah. silly, but but everyone on stage like means it. And I felt like that was missing. Um, I thought Jesus was quite an unsympathetic character. Interesting. Um, 
Some Did of you the like her were... performance of Beautiful City? Cause no, I, I oh, didn't. Because I really liked that at the Hayes. Yeah, I did not like that at all. Yeah, right. Um, I was really disappointed that that was even coming up because it's my favourite song and I thought, wow, I've got to sit through this. And it was just as bad as I expected it yeah, to be. Yeah, right. So, so negative. But for me, there were quite there were some inferior singers on stage too, I thought. Mm. Um, it could have just been that it was the end of the run and all of that. I loved that so many of them were incredible multi-instrumentalists. Yeah. So, like that was really clever. So everyone on stage... Um, yeah, was an instrumentalist in some way, which was awesome. But that did feel like a choice that compromised some performances. Which happens, of you course. know. And I've, I've yeah. seen several productions where that's happened. Yeah. Um, gosh, the songs are good though in Godspell. Like, the songs are bangers. Like, like I after seeing that production at the Hayes, I just took away from it. I was like, if I ever do this show, I'm doing it in concert. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was yeah. like yeah. just do a great concert version. I think that's it. Like I was as I was watching it, I thought, I don't know if – this show would ever really sit with me as a, as a fully staged production. So I can't just say it was a bad production of a, of a good show because I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Um, I think it was a fairly fine production of a, of a fairly fine show Yeah. Um, that just had moments in there that I felt were insincere. I am sure that going from a 100-seat theatre with a tiny stage yeah. that cannot have to a 500-seat theatre with a big stage, yeah. I honestly feel like – because so I don't necessarily think you – are incorrect. Yeah. I think that it probably clouded uh, and not just mine because I saw it with a group of like six people yeah. and we all thought it was, it was good. Yeah. Um, but I think that probably clouded our view of the show where you've really felt like you're part of it yeah. Yeah. and, and that sort of thing. A lot of stuff happened in the aisle yeah. next to you. I think what I was witnessing was an overcompensation for that. Like yes. I, I think the cast were really aware that it was not an intimate theatre anymore. It was a very large yeah. stage space and I felt like they were really overcompensating. Yeah, interesting. So there was a lot of trying to be part of the audience and that is really difficult when you're in a in a yes. yeah and um i can't remember the name of the girl playing jesus billy palin yeah. she was her energy was so over the top right that it felt like she was really trying to fill the interesting. space interesting um whereas in the haze i feel like it would have been more stripped back yeah and we also saw like the last week of their you know whatever yeah. six weeks and so they would have been really in the groove yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. It's 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 also a good lesson in how that can affect a show so yeah. much. And we, I mean, we talk often about it's great that musicals sometimes move around or whatever, but it's not always ideal. Yeah, you know, like we want accessibility, obviously, and that's primary. But it doesn't always mean the show mm. works in other areas. Yeah, so. interesting. Yeah, I also think um, it was a good lesson in. Um, I was having this conversation with someone not that long ago because I remember when I saw American Psycho on Broadway mm. and loved it. I ended up seeing it twice. Mm. And I loved it so much. And then when it came to Australia and played at the Hayes, I was like, oh, okay, that Broadway production had really coloured my view of whether that was a good musical. Yeah. And I still thought that production at the Hayes was great of yeah. American Psycho, but I could see the flaws in the show yep. that I couldn't see on Broadway. Yeah. I was like, oh, this song doesn't work. If, unless these people are like at the top of their game yeah. and it is directed at the top of its game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, see, I think that's actually what happened with me and Big Fish. Is mm, like, yes. Because it was a different production, it was a very uh, intimate theatre. Yeah. That for me – hid all the issues with the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. So it was the same sort of obviously in a very Which different Which is kind outcome. of what's happened with me and Godspell. I think so, yeah, yeah. I think so. Not that I was like – I didn't think it was incredible. No, you weren't gushing about I wasn't it. gushing but I just like when Josephine walked out – and like it's not just Josephine by the way, like obviously because it's a, a local theatre to us, lots of people we knew went and saw it. Yeah. And, and I – a lot of people had a similar – 
um, experience to Josephine, which is just such a shame because I really respect what they're doing yeah. in trying to get these shows Absolutely. there. So it's, it is a shame if that's going to happen. And I'm sure it wasn't particularly well sold is the other thing. So It's interesting because we got the call up to like our friend just said, can you just come and fill a seat? Yeah. And we were definitely in comp seats. Um, the theatre felt quite full, but I don't know how many of those were sold. Yeah, tickets. right. So, okay, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, anyway, so that was Godspell. But, like, conversely, we saw a production of I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. Yeah. Um, that was a, an amateur production of the yeah. show in a really crappy um, venue that I didn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, what? So, Ruth and I loved listening to that show. As teenagers. As teenagers. Yeah, it was one of the, it was one of the few, like, cast recordings that we had. Like, I think maybe you had, maybe I bought it. Or, like, we had the actual CD. CD. Um, it has not aged well, that show. No, my say. God. I would, like, either it should not be done or done as a very on-the-nose snapshot in time. I think that is the better way to do it. Yeah. And and I don't know when, but a few years ago, they've obviously done some updates to it. And my God. Mistake. It, somehow that made it worse. Yeah, somehow worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think going, when I bought the ticket, I thought this is going to be quite on-the-nose. There'll be some really offensive moments. Yeah. And somehow they, yeah, updated it, but not in a very good way at all. They hadn't addressed any of the issues they just created more issues and so instead of it being like a snapshot in time of what it was like to date in the 90s if you're a white cis um person yeah it instead just became like oh we're really hip and we understand tinder yeah so it was really (laughs) weird um yeah they're ridiculous updates but i thought the production was good like i would say it was it was good i love seeing intimate amateur theater like it's so rare that we see an amateur show that is only six actors on stage That's right. like that is not uh you know 70 girls 70 i always say that but i've never like <laughs> i don't know why 70 girls 70 is the one i That's always so mention funny. but um yeah there was no superfluous dance ensemble there was none of that stuff yeah. that you expect and it was just a um piano and drums yeah, right which yeah. is just uh, it just worked yeah um but yeah not a good show i would no, say not no. a great show no some fun songs in a fun songs some fun little vignettes yeah um but but generally not a relatable show no, for anyone, no, it's true. I don't know who has any of those experiences. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, bunch of new cast recordings have come out since we last recorded. Yes. Um, so the Broadway recording of A Strange Loop came out. Yes. Um, for those who want to listen to that, I definitely recommend it. Um, a Beautiful Noise, the Neil Diamond musical that Josephine thinks she came up with. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, with Will Swenson as uh, as Neil, yeah. Um, which I I realized, listen, like there were definitely I listened to it right because I was a bit like I don't I don't know if I'm a Neil Diamond fan. I knew more songs than I thought I was going to, yeah. But I was still like I don't need to see a musical of Neil Diamond songs. I'm sorry. It's like I don't care enough. We are very different in that. We way. are. We are. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love Neil Diamond. Um, the funny girl. Leah Michelle cast recording mm. has come out since mm. we last recorded. I haven't listened to it. Haven't you? I have. I am uh, boycotting. boycotting. Yeah. Look, she sounds great, as you would expect. She's a good singer, yep. right? Yeah. Um, I still don't want to support her doing no. the show. Uh, but, yes, if you don't care about any of that and you want to listen, Go she nuts. sounds great. Um, the Anne Juliet Broadway cast recording also came out. That's, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Timely uh, because it's in Melbourne at the moment. 
Uh, not yet. No, it's, it's about to open. It's they've announced the cast. I think it might be February or oh, March. February. Yeah. There were signs everywhere through Melbourne. Yeah, when I was down there. Um, the cast looks fun. The cast looks great. The announcement was great. Oh I yeah, thought. I loved that. Um, they did it really well. It looks like a super diverse um, like in a lot of ways. One of those tight casts. They look like they're all friends. Yeah, exactly. Which we, like. we like that. I'm very excited. the The girl playing Juliet is an Indigenous Australian yes. performer. Um, yeah, it's just really kind of, um, but diverse in like gender diverse, size diverse, like all of those things yeah. uh, are at play there. And so, Rob Mills. And Rob Mills. But, but you know what? He's right. Shakespeare's a oh. dick in it. Yeah. And Rob Mills is great. Also, apparently, Rob Mills is like the nicest person. Yes, he is. He's really good yeah. friends with Tyrant. Yeah. yeah. And like, um, so like, yes, he gets a bit typecast in certain roles, but like he is appropriate for this yeah. one. Yeah. And Amy La Palmer is going to be fantastic as as Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be a great cast. My least favourite actress. Oh, really? Anne Hathaway, not... Oh. I was like, Amy's a friend of mine. Why are you saying that? No, no, I mean Anne Hathaway. You're like, because you know it's funny that Anne Hathaway is a Shakespeare's wife. You do hate Anne Hathaway. I don't know why. Do you know why. what? You know the internet's really turned around on that? Why? On Anne Hathaway. I did. They I love her now. Her. They was used she... to hate her and now they love her. Oh. They're like, oh, people have been sleeping on her for years. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Because, you know, they were, like, really nasty when she, like, won the Oscar and stuff. Oh, really? Well, I mean, well, they don't like don't people who are – They don't like people who are earnest. <laughs> you know, like – It makes you know me sound like such an absolute The bitch. internet will pounce on, yeah. like, vulnerability in that yes, way. Yes, yes, yes. And you know how she was like, it came true when she yes. won. That's what she said. Oh, and the whole internet was cringy. like, oh, yes, cringy <laughs> is the word. And now people are like, oh, it turns out we love her. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's her teeth. <laughs> that, <I don't> <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> You're an awful human being. I am. I'm so awful. Okay. Anyway, I'm sure that, that um, Amy La Palmer playing Anne Hathaway, Shakespeare's wife in Anne Juliet is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we went <laughs> Has down literally that. nothing to do with I'm Anne glad Hathaway. We went down path. I should have mentioned I didn't see Anne Juliet when I was in New York because no, I yeah. had seen it in London and I didn't have a, a like a spare it's slot. It's the to Britney say Spears it. one, everyone. It's oh, Britney no, Spears, no, no. isn't it? Oh, no, no it's just 90s. It's, it's Max Martin, who's the Swedish composer who has written every single fucking song you've ever heard. That's right. So it's, it's his it's catalog. All the, but it's like so it's 90s, Backstreet 2000s, Boys. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Backstreet Boys, Britney, Katy Perry. I think in my head I keep calling it the Britney one because they use Baby One More Time That's for right. all the promotional they do. stuff. And interestingly, they've just announced that the Britney – Show oh, yes, that's is what also I was coming to Broadway. By. Yes, uh, but that is all Britney Spears songs. I am worried about that show. I have yeah, to say, from what I've heard, um, it's all her songs, but they've changed some of the lyrics to like suit the story. Yeah. So like you think you're going to hear whatever lyric that you really know and then it's like changed to suit the story and you're like, what? Why am I? Like if it's a jukebox, just make it a jukebox. Like, Meanwhile, don't... Jagged Little Pill was like, oh no, we're not changing this at all. We'll just make this really awkward yeah. and weird. <laughs> um, anyway. Hey, so... the Mousetrap's moving to Broadway. I know. What do you think about that? I think it's weird. Yeah. Like it's never been. Yeah. Well, I think that is strange that it's never been to Broadway. Yeah. And also just like, do we need it? I don't I know. know. Um, it's, it was, it's playing in a, well, is it in a, it's it in Brisbane at the moment? It's I think been, so. It's, it's on this Australian tour it's and it's Australian been doing quite tour. well. It has, yeah. it, which is interesting to me because I don't feel like, maybe I'm a bit of a snob, but I think like people don't know the Mousetrap unless you know that it's like the longest running show of all time. Oh or, no, I think, 
older people yeah. know it as an Agatha Christie. Yeah. That's, and I think I that's the target that audience. All the people who knew Agatha Christie have died. <laughs> I actually thought that was a thing. Like, yeah. I thought, no, for sure there are none of those left. But, like, um, it's the second tour of The Mousetrap that I've done since I've been at Playbill. The that first is one was wild. like 10 years ago. And both of them have done really well. Yeah. So it must just be a name that people are like, oh, yeah, we'll go see The yeah, Trap. Yeah. I've still never seen it. No, me neither. Um, so you yeah. haven't seen it when you've been in London? No, I don't. I, I really wish I had. I don't know why yeah. I didn't. It's such a like, oh, I saw The Trap. Yeah. Like when I was living there, I should have seen it, really. You should have. I, I don't know that I would carve out a slot on like a trip back, but no, like, no. yeah, when I was living there, I should have seen it. Yeah, if you it. had a spare Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Along. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure um, the tickets aren't expensive either. No. <laughs> you know. Well, they wouldn't want to be. No, exactly. Um, I Keep just reading little bombshell news around the block, you know. And yeah. we've been talking about this for so long, but like it's happening. It's just that we don't know much more about it. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, Scott Whitman confirmed um, they're still looking for a book writer, but I don't. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Did I, I tell you that there's a song from Smash in Some Like It Hot? No. Yeah. So Let's Be Bad ah. opens the second act. I think they just basically went like, "Hey, this fits this moment." Yeah. Mm, I wonder what that means. Yeah. Well, they don't have to use all the bombshell songs. I do love that they like have trunk songs now. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Which is that's, cool. And that's kind of what Smash was, yes, right? Yes. A bunch of songs written for moments yes. rather than a show. So Which is cool. And t- to be fair, the second season of Smash is was a bunch different. of songs from other people's musicals, really. Yeah. Like Yeah. Yeah. In so. other people's suitcases. Yes. <laughs> Does suitcases as a as an alternative to, to trunk? trunk? I don't think it quite works. Oh no. No, I'm sorry. Oh sorry. Whoops. Yeah. Um, have you seen Matilda yet? Matilda the musical, no. the movie? Have you gone and seen it? No, no. Oh, God. I wouldn't like, go without, without me. you. <laughs> oh, my, my God. God. Um, I was just checking that you hadn't. No, I wasn't sure. Well, having a baby makes going to the movies quite hard. I'll bet. Um, I don't have a baby and I haven't been to the movies. <laughs> so I will either go. Do you know um, I haven't been since we went to see Little Women? Wow. And then to the cinemas. No, we saw Promising Young Woman together. That's what, that's the last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. In the last five years, I've only been to the movies with you. Both with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but yeah, I uh, – no, yes, haven't. I know it's out of the movies at the moment. Yeah. And it comes out on Christmas Day on Netflix. Yes. So if nothing else, we are watching we'll it on Christmas that. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard good things. Yeah, same. I'm Jeez, very excited. The curry for Revolting Children. Incredible. It's insane. Incredible. Like how can you be that talented when you're a child? I know. Do they get adults and just like CGI them down? I don't know if you saw it, but on TikTok, the girl who – is in the Red Beret who yeah. does it. Because that was filmed like two years ago. God. She recreated. And of course she looks heaps older because well, two yeah. years in like a teenager's life. Yeah, so she did the Corey again on TikTok next to her doing it. I've like, I've been obsessively watching that moment. Like how? Yeah. How does she do that? She just hits it as yeah, well, she doesn't she? It. Like and the, the energy, the oh, kid no. energy. Man. God, I love that song and I love that show. I can't wait to see it. And once again, I'm like 2013 Tonys. Yeah. Matilda was robbed by Kinky Boots. 100%. Um, I will be upset with that forever. Yeah. So, and good. Yeah. you got to have a cause. I'm s- both best musical and best score, but like, okay, fine, you want to give best musical to Kinky Boots because there's some political thing. You cannot tell me the score of Matilda no, no. is not as good as the score of Kinky Boots. No, that's right. That's oh. exactly, yeah. It's a disgrace. It is a disgrace. I hope one day, like Merrily, people will be like, wow. Yeah. We fucked up. Not that it didn't do well in New York, but 
it's still running in London. Yeah. You know, I so. still remember my brother going to see it and just messaging me like, why didn't you tell me to see this show? This was the most wonderful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And I had to be like, Jared, you hate everything. <laughs> you hate all musicals. Like, how could I have known? Yeah. I think I told him to see like a like an Al Pacino play or something. And yeah. he was like, no, I'll go see Matilda. I'm like, all right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> and he loved it. That's so funny. I know. I love that. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about a musical? Let's do it. We're talking about Newsies. Newsies. (laughs) I don't know how this one came up that we picked it. Yeah, I don't know either. But, um, we both like Alan Menken. Yes. So that's probably part of it. Newsies. What's your connection to Newsies before we started researching? A few years ago, I saw the 2017, uh, filmed production on Disney+. You know when you saw it? In your house. In my house for my birthday. Yes. Because that year I was like, what I want to do for my birthday (laughs) is just watch musicals all day. Yes. And so we watched that and Falsettos. Falsettos. There was something else. I feel like there was something else, but we definitely watched those too. Yeah. Um, I didn't like it. I thought it was so Jeremy Jordan was Surprise! in it. Surprise! <laughs> um, I didn't finish it because boring. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've since watched it for this podcast. Um, I've never seen a live production of the show. I feel feelings, obviously, as I do for all things. Um, uh, but I'm not sure if they're valid about this one because I haven't really experienced it or yeah. placed myself in it. Um, I will say I just think it's a boring show. Um, with somewhat forgettable music. <laughs> Banger dancing though. Far out the dancing. Yeah. All those boys leaping. <laughs> My God. All um, those boys are leaping. Yeah, I yeah. wrote, I've never seen this show on stage, but I would love to. A bunch of young men singing harmonies and dancing their tits off. You're yes, disgusting. Please. Yes, please. You're a disgusting middle-aged woman. Um, I was planning <laughs> to see this on Broadway in 2011. I was there. It was on Broadway. Yes. It happened to be the week that I was there that they closed the show for a week yeah. to reinforce the floor of the stage. Which is because of, of all the, leaping. the all the dancing. <laughs> so I didn't get to see it. I think it was at the Nederlander. Yeah. I I'm think sure that's I say right. that later, which um, is where rent was. I in my head, this is a show that like has always existed. But it, mm. it always surprises me when I realise how new it really is. It's a bit like the Mary Poppins effect. Exactly. Yeah, singing exactly in the that. rain effect. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think that's exactly it. So yeah. I'm always like, yeah, Newsies, whatever. But no, it's never been to Australia. Like, no. It's, not, it's only been – No. Like there's not really much history of it yeah. because it's so new. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, did you end up watching the film? Yes. Okay, good. We can talk about that. Oh, yes. Um, why will. don't you tell me about the story? Okay, so unlike the real Newsboys strike of 1889 – 1899. Yeah, that 90, 1899. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Newsies has a pretty optimistic storyline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's July 1899. We're in New York. Uh, there's a group of orphaned homeless boys in Lower Manhattan, and they're trying to make ends meet by selling papes on the street. Papes. Papes. Yeah, papes. So good. I'll be saying papes as much as possible. Like Sarah Marshall in You're Wrong About. I, I think we just need to do a, a really quick side note I to do say, later, oh, good. Yes. Well, let's talk about it later. I will, I will. Um, so Jack Kelly is our protagonist. He's 17. He's dreaming of a better life in Santa Fe. Why is Santa Fe always the... I don't know. Because in my head, so I'm obviously not American, don't know that much about American geography, but the way that people talk about Santa Fe, mainly in Rent and Newsies, I thought it was like a lovely beach town. It's in New Mexico. Yeah, it's, it's like in the, the desert, middle of the right? desert. Yeah. yeah. It's not... It's not like no. a destination. It's, <laughs> it's not a place people go to. No. It's near that town, Truth and Consequences. Oh, what a great name. Which is a great name. That is great. Uh, so, yeah, he's dreaming of living in Santa Fe. In the desert. In the desert. His friend, Crutchy, also sells – Crutchy has got a crutch. 
also sells papers. Um, it's very Annie-esque with like yeah. children and shenanigans out and about. Like they're on the street. They're like there's, you know, whistling policemen. It's all that sort of vibe. There's villains in the form of the juvenile detention wardens and capitalistic publishers. It's very Annie, isn't it's it? It's very Annie. Very Particularly Annie. the movie, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So Jack meets this young female reporter, Catherine Plummer, and tries to flirt with her. It's sort of like, I don't know what the age gap is there, but she's probably an adult. <laughs> I just want to say that. That she's is true. She's working as a reporter. Like, she's not 17 also. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, Joseph Pulitzer, the publisher of newspaper New York World, The New York World, uh, decides to increase the cost of the papers to the middlemen from 50 cents per 100 newspapers to 60 cents per 100. So the way that newspapers were distributed, and I'll go into this in more detail later, is that they were sold to the newsies, the newsboys, who would then on-sell them. Yeah, so that and they would keep the gap. That's right. So yeah. the newspapers were really not owning any of the risk. Uh, the newsies got wind of this price, Jack, and Jack decides to form a union and strike. Very, like, I don't know where he even learned about that, this homeless 17-year-old. So the other newsies won't join the union until their unofficial leader, Spot Conlon, gives the green light. Catherine decides to cover the strike to advance her journalistic career because it's difficult to be a female journalist in 1899. Like, yes. Jack gives this impassioned speech about how wrong child labour is and how shit New York treats poor people. Very relevant. Um, the strike is going well until Pulitzer brings in, um, like, a goon squad and the cops... Um, like beat up a whole bunch of the newsies. Crutchy is really badly beaten and taken to the refuge. Yeah. The refuge sounds like a good place, right? Like it's a refuge, yeah. but it's not. It's like it's like Miss Hannigan's it's, it's orphanage. It's right. It's the orphanage. It's a bad yeah. place. So um, Catherine publishes this article about the strike and it makes the front page of the New York Sun, which is a newspaper that presumably hasn't jacked its prices yeah. up. Yeah. It's a good newspaper. So Jack doesn't want to continue with the strike and put more of his friends at risk because of Crutchy, um, but he's convinced by a whole bunch of these like in- impassioned youth and they reform the union. Pulitzer plots to quash the strike and he offers Jack the money to move to Santa Fe in exchange for him calling off the strike. He also reveals that Catherine is his daughter. What? Dejected by Pulitzer's money and control of the whole world, Jack like accepts. But Catherine convinces him to not give up and she publishes an article using Jack's draw oh Jack draws. Yeah. Using his drawings to appeal to the masses and shine a light on the newsies plight. Yet again, a Roosevelt comes to the rescue. That's right. Like a copy reaches then Governor Teddy Roosevelt, who gives Pulitzer an ultimatum. Um, so Pulitzer agrees to buy back every paper the newspaper the newsies fail to sell each day, and Roosevelt closes down the refuge. But then, like when you close down a refuge, what happens anyway? Yeah, what happens to those? Where did those people go? Yeah. Pulitzer offers Jack a job as a cartoonist. Uh, he remains a newsie and a cartoonist to the end. I'm glad you've recapped this because so I hadn't watched the. Musical, musical version since we watched it together then. Yes. Um, but I have, same as you, watched, watched the, the film, film recently. Yeah. And actually there's more change than I thought. Yes. Um, so Josephine's just recapped the musical version. The musical. But he doesn't draw in the film. No, he doesn't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a weird, like, why? Yeah, we'll talk about the differences later, but that yeah. is fun. I'd sort of forgotten that. Yeah. Um, should we talk about some history? Please. So Newsies the Musical is based on the 1992 Musical film Newsies, yes, uh, which was, as Josephine said, inspired by the real-life Newsboy strike of 1899 in New York City. Uh, it has music by Alan Menken, li- lyrics by Jack Feldman, 
and a book by Harvey Firestein based on the film screenplay by Bob Sudica and Noni White. I love that Harvey Firestein was like being in Mrs. Doubtfire, writing newsies, I, I, like what a time. Right, writing um, Torch Song trilogy. Writing Torch like, yeah, that's I know. right. Um, yeah. We've talked about Alan Menken m- many times on the podcast. He, of course, wrote Little Shop, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, many other scores that we all know and love. Um, Jack Feldman wrote for many Disney films, including the lyrics to Oliver and Company and also Lion King to Simba's Pride. <laughs> uh, he also wrote the lyrics to the song um, Copacabana by Barry Manilow. Such a banger. I love when there's like a random yeah. fact like that. And like didn't Barry write his own lyrics mainly? I think I, Mainly, I think. I love that. But yeah. he couldn't come up with Copacabana. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've probably talked about. Harvey Feierstein in the Hairspray episode and maybe the Fiddler episode. We did. And yeah. we talked about him in – what did he write recently that we did Oh, like? Kinky – did we do Kinky Boots? No, I don't think we've done Kinky Boots. No, there was something more recent. Oh, really? Was it, it? Oh, when we talked about Funny – we've just talked about Funny Girl. Oh, okay. Yeah, we talked about it. Oh, because he made some changes to it. Changes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay, I'd forgotten that. Um, so those were both We acting. haven't done Kinky Boots, have we? No, we oh. should, yeah. Should we? Well, we yeah. won't like it, but um, <laughs> yes. Carry on. Sorry. Uh, so those were both acting roles, um, but he is also a wonderful writer. Mm. He wrote the great play Torch Song Trilogy I just mentioned and yeah. also the book to La Cage Foal, which mm. we also haven't covered, and Kiki Boots. Um, the other two, Bob Zudica and Noni White, sorry, are married writing partners, which is cute. I love that. Um, they also wrote the films of Hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Anastasia, Tarzan and 102 Dalmatians. Oh my God. There's 102 Dalmatians. Apparently, I haven't seen it. Have you? No. no. I don't think I've seen 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> so, the musical premiered at the Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn, New Jersey um, in September 2011 and just ran there for like a few weeks, right? Yeah. So, um, this is a side note. This isn't like fact, but my understanding is. <laughs> it's made up. <laughs> no, like this is the word on the street, <laughs> right, if you right, will. Right, right, right. So, it was that like peak. Like, News is the movie had had these uber fans, right? Cult fans. Cult fans. Yes. yeah, yeah. And they had been screaming for a stage version for a long time. They were wrong. Because people would just do, like, illegal productions at yeah. their schools, right? Like, yeah. that's what would happen. So, I, my understanding is that Disney basically went, well, we're going to need to do, like, a bit like they've done, like, the Broadway Junior, yes. whatever. Like, let's just do this production at Paper Mill so that we can do a licensed version that schools can perform. Yeah. And then be done with it, right? And then I that, love how Disney was like, fuck Newsies, man. Like, we, <laughs> we hate Newsies. But I think they just didn't see it as something that would have like a commer- like a Broadway Yeah, because they don't want right? to publicise like labour rights. <laughs> labour rights. <laughs> so it basically opened at Paper Mill, went fucking nuts, right? And they were like, oh, maybe this could go to Broadway. So uh, <laughs> that is what they did. The musical then opened on Broadway at the Nederlander Theatre for a limited engagement uh, starting previews on March 15th, 2012, and then officially opened on March 29th. Um, and so that was going to be a limited run after mm. this. And then mm. it goes really well. So they announced on May 16th, 2012, that it beca- was an open-ended engagement. It ended up closing on August 24th, 2014, having played 1,004 performances. Like, it's pretty good. That's substantial. For this sort of show. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. pretty good. I wouldn't go see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was nominated for eight Tony Awards. Yeah. It won two for Best Original Score and Best Choreography for Christopher Catelli. I mean, of yes, course. Yes, of course. Uh, absolutely deserved. Amazing. And in fact, both of those. Is it. The score is great too, I think. Hmm. <laughs> um, 
on March 8th, 2022 this year, it was announced that a brand new immersive production in the round, um, directed and choreographed by Matt Cole, would open at the Troubadour Wembley Park um, from 29th of November 22, which by all accounts is going very well at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I, I hate the word immersive. It's like they dance in the aisles and stuff. I hate that. <laughs> hate it. <laughs> um, uh, there was a US tour, which I don't seem to have written much about, but there was a US there tour. Was, yeah. And following the end of that, um, oh, that's right. That was when they filmed it yeah. in LA. Yeah. They added extra dancers to it. <laughs> Great. That's what it needed. Yeah. Um, and then they filmed that and uh, did a limited theatrical release uh, in February 2017. Yeah. It's uh, on Disney+. Plus now. And it is, yes, that. Uh, and I'll talk about the film version in a second, are both on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. That three-day release grossed $3.47 million. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a um, lot. Interestingly, um, the film version of Newsies was released as The Newsboys in United Kingdom. Oh, my gosh. I just love, like, regional names of things. Yeah, like why? Surely they could have figured it out. Why isn't The Mighty Ducks called The Mighty Ducks here? What's it called here? Champions. No. Yes. I don't think I ever knew that. Shane yells at me every time I call it The Mighty Ducks. Oh, because he was a proper, like, kid loving that film. I was a proper kid loving that film. Surely you were very young when it came out. No, that's the 90s. Oh, is it? Shane was a grown man. He was an adult loving that film. (laughs) He probably wasn't, eh? Anyway, that was... Sorry, the movie of Newsies is a 1992 American American musical historical comedy drama film. That's such a stupid thing. Anyway, produced by Walt Disney Pictures and directed by choreographer Kenny Ortega in his film directing debut, who, of course, went on to do, like, High School Musical and stuff. And I think Footloose? Am I right? I don't know. Anyway, he's a great choreographer. Um, And it and the film stage version are both on Disney+. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of history to this show. There's not. No. Except for the real history. Um, can I just say, about the actual production of the musical, I do like the staging and the set. Yeah. I think that's really clever. So it's quite um, – it's all scaffolding and, like, projected yes. backdrops. And I think that's really simple and infinitely approachable. It's um, it's just smart. And it's – to me, it's quite rare that Disney does that sort of mm. thing. So I really like that. The shame, of course, is that the show is not infinitely approachable in that, like – a ton, you need a ton of young strapping men. Yeah, that's the like that's why it's never been done in Australia. Yeah, and like yes. doing it in an amateur production would be hard. It would as be well. wild. Like so, you need yeah those young. They need to be young. They need to be male presenting like, singers balletic. and dancers. Like it is yes. like like they are leaping. Yeah. So this is not a show for an amateur society or a high school. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say about the 1994 film that it is quite lovely. So I, I messaged Josephine like after I watched it and I said, look, I, I really want you to watch the film because I, I think you, I, I said, I think Shane's really going to like yeah, it. Yeah, and he did. And, um, and I said, I get it. I get the kind of cultish. I said, if I could take the talents of the people that are in the Broadway production and put them in this film version, yeah. it would be glorious. I don't know if it needed anything more. Like – I wish Christian Bale could sing a little bit better. I liked it. I liked him singing Santa Fe. I'll okay. be honest. Um, I thought I, – firstly, I don't know how I hadn't seen the film. Right. At that time in my life, I was consuming that type of media yeah. at, at an alarming rate. So how did I miss that film? I don't know. Like was it not really around in Australia? I think that must have been the case. Yeah, like I don't know it, how – Because as we will talk about, it bombed. It bombed. Fully bombed. Yeah. 
Um, but so there's lots of there's lots of great facts around the movie, and you should watch it. And Christian Bale didn't know that it was a musical when he first signed yes. on. Yes, I love, and also like hates musicals. Hates musicals. Has will not see the Broadway musical. I saw I saw a quote though where he went to film some. Film in Santa Fe, yeah, and couldn't get the song out of his head yeah. from Newsies, and was like, "Oh, maybe they were really onto something with this." You well, know, he's literally like, "Don't ever, ever bag on Newsies because the fans are rabid." Yeah, like, I think he still gets. He, I'm sure. Like people are just obsessed with Newsies. Yeah, he was so young in that film. Though, he, man. Wasn't like, he like 16? Yeah, he was super yeah. young, or maybe 18. But okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Young. Yeah. And what I do appreciate about the film, unlike the musical, is that the the teenage boys in the film are teenage boys. Yes, which of course you can't really do. In but like, a... you watch, you watch Jeremy Jordan, who is a man whose <laughs> body looks like a man's body, and you're like, it this sure is does. not a seventeen-year-old boy. And it feels quite conflicting because Jeremy Jordan is a very attractive mm. man. <laughs> it's bright red. Yeah. Um, and it feels weird to lust over a seventeen-year-old character, even though Jeremy Jordan is clearly in his twenties or thirties. Yeah. In production. Anyway, so I don't like that that they're they're not kids let's talk about the changes they made from the stage show to the film yeah so i do think and and apparently this was harvey firestein's idea so in the film it's jeff daniels isn't it yes. no jeff no um not jeff daniels the other one um uh one of the other jeffs oh my god one of the I other jeffs i wouldn't write his name down who um, but in what context the, the are you talking newspaper about? reporter it's not jeff daniels it's um handsome Handsome man. Handsome man. <laughs> Look up who it is. Okay, okay, okay. Um, you love him. Oh no, it's some. Um, yeah, he. Oh gosh, he's from. Um, he's from while you were sleeping. Yeah. Oh, he's so handsome. <laughs> it's, no, it's one of the bills. It's one of the bills. Bills. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Bill you're Pullman. right. Not one of the Jeffs. Yeah, one, one of the, the bills. bills. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, gosh, he's so lovely. He's the newspaper reporter, right? Yeah. But then, um, uh, the best the sympathetic friend, sympathetic newspaper yeah, reporter, the best friend character, which I can't crutchy, remember his name, whatever. The no, one who not was crutchy. the one who would have been crutchy. Does he have a patch in the film? Oh no, no, no. So in the film, there's both crutchy and the best friend, That's and right. in the show, yes. and in the show. Um, but crutchy in the show is played by um, uh, uh Andrew Keenan Bolger, yes. and the best friend is played by Ben Fankhauser. Yes. I think his name is, um, but I've forgotten the best friend's name's ca- character name. But um, no, it's like his sister is yes. the yeah, so is the love interest the in the story film. The storyline that I didn't tell you about in the in the plot breakdown is like um, these new newsies come along at the beginning of yeah. the whole plot, where it's like they're clearly not homeless and they're they're just doing this because their dad is injured. Yes, and they just need to bring a bit of money in. So it's like an older brother with his younger brother, and yeah. they come in, and so they're this like Jack Kelly sort of hitches his wagon to them because he sees that the young boy is quite successful at selling papers. Yeah, and so the love interest in the film is the sister of those two. That's boys. right. But in the in the stage show they sort of like separate well and they've taken the sister and the and bill pullman character the and journalist. turned it into Catherine plummer that's right and i actually think that that is quite a clever idea it's, i mean it simplifies it yeah for sure and you don't necessarily need a separate journalist character the only thing i will say is that it is quite weird that she is a young journalist yeah in 1899 well i think and it was supposedly they were kind of like well this is our way of giving a, a female character some agency and yeah. and also means that, like, yes, that would be quite rare and so yeah. she would really be, like, pushing against it. But, I mean, it is true there was a female – there was a young female journalist right, in the real the strike. That is, yeah. that is very true. Yeah. Um, and she was quite a – like, she was quite a um, figurehead to the to the striking newsies. Yeah. Uh, in the real 
track. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, so, but I thought that was quite clever. But was that song that was different? Um, was it the was it the sister character who sang the song in the film? No, Watch What Happens from... didn't exist. No, is no, that what you mean? Or... no. There was one in the film that wasn't in the production. Oh, what okay. Well, there was no. There was the woman who like owned the dance hall. Yeah, Anne Margaret. Yeah, Anne Margaret. That's right. Because when we were High watching it, Shane was like, "That's Anne Margaret." So one of my fun facts is: so the film, which as we said, was a bomb. Um, Shouldn't have been though. It was very no. Good. Yeah. Um, and later gained a cult following on home home video. Um, so the film was nominated for five Razzies, the Golden Raspberry Awards, which are all like the Is worst. Is it the only one that Alan Menken ever won or something? I don't know. I was reading that it was like a very Yes, self- so it yeah. won the title of Worst Original Song yes. for High Times, Hard Times, yes. which this Anne Margaret character sang and yeah, did like, not make it into the musical adaptation. It's like the owner of a burlesque hall, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, played by Anne Margaret, who, if you're if you're unaware, was like a mad sex symbol in the 60s. She was in Bye Bye Birdie. She was yeah. like, Bye Bye Birdie, that yeah. person, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I thought the film was a little long. Okay, other than, other yeah. Other than that, sensational. Really great. Really great. So much heart and like yeah. like the whole time I was messaging you just like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I get why people are obsessed with this film. Yes. So that brings me to um, the podcast that Ruth and I have talked about often, which is You're Wrong About, Yeah. Um, hosted by Sarah Marshall and Michael Hobbs. When this episode came out, Michael Hobbs is no longer on it. Yeah. But, um, Sarah is obsessed with the, with the movie Newsies. And wanted to do an episode about the new, the real strike. Yes. Like the Newsboys strike. And so I got a lot of, I've listened to it again, that, that two, it's a two part. Um, oh, wow. Okay. And I listened to it again because it, it's such a good series of episodes and it's fascinating what the real strike was. Yeah. Um, and there's some really cool history there. So do you want me to tell you a bit about the Yeah, let's talk about events? it. So like I said, I relied heavily on the two part series from You're Wrong About. Go and listen to them tell you about this stuff because they will say it um, in a much more articulate way and entertaining. But basically the real events follow similar lines as the film and the musical but with some differences. As with many strikes, there is no one leader. So it's not like this one guy just started it. It certainly wasn't a person named Jack Kelly. Um, Kid Blink was a prominent figure in the real strike along with a person named Dave Simmons. Um, Spot Conlon is a character from the film and the musical. He was a real person, but he was not the leader of the Brooklyn gang. So right. if you remember, the newsies in Manhattan had to like convince the newsies in Brooklyn to get on board, but they yeah. had to go through Spot Conlon. I quite like that Brooklyn's Here song that's in the, I know. In, in the musical. Like, I know. Yeah. Um, so the, the guy who was really sort of the leader of the Brooklyn newsies was named Racetrack Higgins. He is a character <laughs> in the musical, but yeah. I know, the names it sounds like guys are so and dolls. good. It's so good. Um, many of the newsies were not homeless. Um, and we're not all boys. So yeah, we're, right. we're sort of made to believe that they're all just like down on their luck and like orphans basically. But there were lots of women and girls who were newsies. Um, many of the newsies had homes and families. They were mainly sort of kids of poor immigrant families who just needed mm. to needed to have a job after school. So a lot of the kids would go to school, then they then they go buy their papers because a lot of the issues – the newspapers that had issues were the evening versions of of papers. So, yeah. like, it was the evening world and the evening whatever yeah. that, that raised Because morning prices. papers were delivered, right? right? I read this somewhere that it was like yeah. – So, they didn't really need help with that. Yeah, and morning papers sell a lot better than evening. Like, yeah. it's hard to sort of drum up more news by the evening. So, there was all that. So, yeah, um, it was true that at the turn of the century, newsboys were an essential part of the newspaper distribution process. So, 
um, like we said, they would buy the, like the newspapers would make their, you know, they would write their stories and they would publish their newspapers and then they would on sell them to newsboys. Um, that is the term that they were known as that, yeah, not all boys, but they were called newsboys um, who would buy the papers for 50 cents per hundred papers and sell them for one cent per paper. Um so at the time, the Spanish-American War of 1898 saw this huge rise in newspaper sales. So publishers raised the cost to 60 cents per hundred yeah. because sales were so booming. But when the war ended, a lot of newspaper sales declined. Some newspapers returned the price to 50 cents, but the New York World and the New York Journal, owned by Joseph Pulitzer and William Randolph Hearst, yeah. respectively, kept the price at 60 cents. And they were the evening, like the evening the world evening and the versions, New York that's evening right, journal, of those two yeah. things. Yeah. So the strike started like sort of gradually and to be fair there'd been multiple newsboy strikes before this strike this was the the main one like certainly the and the somewhat successful one um when it first began the strike was quite violent um so other newsies who purchased the boycotted papers were mobbed and were beaten um there was it was just yeah a lot of violence the newspapers attempted to bring in scab labor and they were generally mobbed and beaten by other newsies um who yeah so they struggled to bring in that scab labor on july 24th 1899 there was a city-wide rally attended by an estimated 5,000 manhattan newsies 2,000 brooklyn newsies and several hundred from other new york areas so it was Mm. a really large rally um there's still um reports that kid blink who was just like a literal child yeah spoke and won this like best speech of the day award <laughs> at this rally after the rally the strike really changed tone and it was largely non-violent um and certainly more successful um but then it was believed that kid blink and dave simmons had accepted a bribe and as a result they each quit their leadership positions in the union and that severely weakened the strike. Mm. So they there was sort of this drama where they sort of showed up in very fancy clothes and like wearing a nice watch and um, and so all the other um, union members thought they'd turned and, um, and they were sort of run out of town. The World and the Journal offered a compromise to the Newsies, which would that be that the price would remain the same, so 60 cents per hundred, but that the newspaper would buy back any unsold papers, okay. which is sort of mitigating the risk to the middleman. Yeah. Um, and that was the end of the strike. That was yeah, it. Yeah, right. Um, it, it's fascinating. What I found most interesting about the You're Wrong About episode is that Sarah talks a lot about that the newsies were really um, not, like I said, not homeless They and they were like – a whole sort of economy of mm. their own. You know, these are young people who are earning good money. Yeah, it was the way that young people earned money. Yeah, and yeah. and they're they're like an important part of the economy. They're spending money on on cigarettes and alcohol and yeah. they're gambling and they're but they're also like saving money really well. Apparently there was like really great strategies um, amongst newsboys on how to save lots of money. Um and and like then buy on or like buy their own businesses or move yeah. move move out of the city or whatever they wanted to do. Santa Fe is not really mentioned as a real <laughs> aspiration that any of them had, but maybe it was. Um, that was fascinating too. But um, I love the idea that this story was adapted by Disney as really it's just a story about child labor, about the labor movement, and about the labor movement. It's such a pro union story. Yes. Like it's really a story about this is great. Unions are awesome. We should mobilize. Yeah, we should like we, strikes work. Strikes work like you should so it's it's a really particularly at the in the 90s to think that they made this film at a time that was really heavy anti-union sentiment like I remember 
it definitely bled into Australia. I remember very anti-union sentiment at the time, but like in America, we're talking about like the Reagan years had seen a huge decline That's in right. unions. Like unions had been disbanded. There'd been a lot of like um, the Teamsters had had big issues. Like there was a lot of history there. And then they were in this like incredibly capitalistic period of time in yeah. the 90s that this film Greed came out. Greed is good, all of that. Like, yes, yeah, yes. Wall so Street. It's stuff. fascinating to me because, yeah, this is, there is no doubt that this is a pro union film. And yeah musical um but also like very interesting to talk about child labor as well yeah that that was such a big part of the economy in the um in the late 1800s and early 1900s because newsboys really stayed around for quite a while after this um yeah so that's the the main thrust of the real strike yeah yeah and i don't i don't know who thought this is a really great idea for a musical i know (laughs) so weird But then I also go in the 90s, the people working for Disney, like you think about the creativity Mm. that came out of that period. Oh, yeah. The the renaissance renaissance, of the animation musicals and all of those sorts of things. And I go, well, of course some of these stories are going to end up getting through, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And Disney's at a time where like, yeah, let's make it. Let's just go for it. We're having such a great run. I know. So interesting. Yeah, fascinating. Um. I literally only have one other fun fact, yeah. which is that there was a solo number for Crutchy titled Letter from the Refuge that was added for the national tour, replacing a scene uh, from the film where Jack visits Crutchy after he's captured by Snyder. Uh, and that now appears in the current version of the show that is licensed. So wow. we haven't heard that song. It's still on the cast recording, anything like that. You write about that being a fun fact. <laughs> Well, I think people might like to know that there's a song in it that they haven't heard. That's very true. For completionists, that yeah. would be, yeah. I'm a bit of a completionist. You like are that. a bit of a completionist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's like, like I said, it's one that you think there'd be more history or more, but there's really not. This musical's no. not. Like, who knows? This London production could go places, I guess. Yeah. It's not, it's like a, you know, um, not a West End, you know, it's like a sort of a yeah. non-traditional venue and all that sort of thing. So, we'll see. Yeah, but we'll see. Um, that's kind of it. It's sort of. In my head, it's a dead end production. It's not easy to put on. Yeah, um, it's it's a hard one. It's a hard one, and it mainly the talent, like finding the talent for this show. And it's not commercial enough no. to do like a big, you know, yeah. professional production of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's so yeah, it's a tough one. It's not like any in that respect. Um, yeah, no, no, it's not. It's not. Um, um yeah. Do you so, have any gateway songs? Yeah, so I will link to the original Broadway cast recording and the film soundtrack. That's what you can listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yes, my gateway songs are uh, uh, Santa Fe yeah. is a great song. That's also one of mine. Yeah, um, and Jeremy Jordan sings the shit out of it, um, I have to say. Yes. Um, and I also really like Watch What Happens that was yeah. written for the musical. Um, it's a good almost Catherine song. song. Yeah. I think we'll probably maybe included it in our Patter Songs mm. mixtape. Mm. Um, yeah, super fast. It and super it's fast. Uh, it's like kind of Alan Menken doing what he does yeah. best, but also like it was good to get like a good female song in there. Mm. Um, and I will say like, for example, like the duet that they sing is really boring. Yeah, it Someone is to so Believe boring. In, I think it's God. called. Um I think, the sh- and funnily enough, even though I haven't listened to them as gateway songs, the show is strongest with all the boys just singing at you. Like, yep. like King of New York, that like is why all the of world those songs. Will know is my gateway yeah, song. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a really good example of yeah. it. Um, my last gateway song is Carrying the Banner, mm. but I've included the film version. And yes. I sent you a text about this. 
I, 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 I kind of wish I should almost rewatch the the opening of the film just to see why this is in context. But in the film, there's a random girl in it, right? Yeah. And I don't think she's one of the newsies. She's like in the scene. Yeah. And she just starts belting over the top of like this version. Yeah. And it's not in the show. It's only in the film version. And yeah. I'm like, where is this girl gone? Yeah. Because I love that. Anyway, so Carrying the Banner, the film version, which is the opening number to the yeah. show. It's a great, yeah. it's a really good number. Yeah. Yeah. So mine are The Well Will Know, which is yeah. like, um, that's sort of the beginning of the strike. Yes. And Santa Fe, because it's the I Want song. Yeah. Oh, like it's very, yeah. 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 Does it end... Act one in Santa the, Fe in the musical? No, no, no. no it's, it's quite early. early. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah, very to think early. What ends Act one? I thought it was the world will know. Oh, maybe it is. It's it's sometimes hard to tell when you're listening to a cast recording yeah. if it's not split up. Like you know what I mean? Like when there's, um, yeah, when that's right, it just rolls through. Oh no, probably not. It must be Santa Fe because Santa will or King of New York. Oh, it might be King of New York. Yeah, it's a great um, – that's a great song too. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's Santa Fe. It's Santa Fe. Oh, yeah. King of New York opens the second act. I don't think it should close the first act, but yeah. – I think you're right that in the film it's quite early. It is oh, quite yeah. early. Sorry, so he does – there's he a does prologue right version of yeah. Santa Fe yeah. is the first number in the show. Yeah. And then it goes into Carrying the Banner. Yeah. 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 And there are several reprises of Carrying the Banner. Yeah, um, well, there's actually not that many songs. There's no, not that many motifs in the show. Like it's right. all the same sort of motif. Yeah, um, yeah. Seize the day is the other popular song from it. Yeah, it's um, it's I mean, it's good. It's good songs. I think. I yeah. think the score's good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little forgettable, but but fine. Yeah, yeah. But probably just because we don't have much of it in our vernacular. Yeah, you know? true, yeah. true, true. So that is newsies. Yeah, that's newsies. Like not um, not terrible. No, like for you, a fairly positive. Yeah, like I think it's boring, <laughs> but it's not like it's <laughs> yeah. not bad. And I, I can't do... wait for us to randomly pick a show that you end up falling in love with. Yeah, like what happened with Carousel. Yeah, oh, that was nice. That was lovely. Yeah, yeah. I like it when I like things. I'm not actively trying to hate. Everything. Oh, I know. Yeah, good. I'm also not actively trying to love everything. It just no, I know that about kinda you. happens. It's one of my favorite things about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will. He- you will hear us later. We won't hear you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.